WhatsApp Night Talk on 072-702-1702. A filmmaker, he's a South African who is doing great things. He's a filmmaker and director. And we're going to hear more about The Hangman and all the other fabulous things that he is doing. Zuele, good evening to you and welcome to Night Talk. Good evening. How are you, Kalabo? I am very well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm, uh, I guess uh, just getting to the end of the year, so things are slowing down, which is good. <laughs> but do things ever slow down in the film industry? Do you have seasons, um, you know, during the year where you have the peak time where things get busy or when things slow down? Well, I guess, I mean, I'm a, I'm a writer-director. I'm also in the commercial industry. Um, and I guess what I'm speaking for in terms of in the commercial space, things are... Uh, I guess slowing down, but at the same time, they, they, as you mentioned, they don't they don't really end. <laughs> they, yeah. they they seem to they, you know it always continues. So in, in that regard, as a filmmaker, it never ends. You're right. So between making ads and doing short films, uh, which which would you say is your is is your your really strong point? Do you? I mean, for example, do you make ads to pay the bills and films to feed the the you know to have the muse feeding you? Or how does it work? Well, for me, I look at it as a as, as craft of, of storytelling. So for me, whether it's 30 seconds, a minute, um, three minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, it's, feature film, it's the ability to be able to tell a story and to tell a compelling story and to be able to put some of yourself into the story um, that, that, that really can communicate to an audience um, a, some sense of truth. So for me, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I favor one over the other. I, I, I feel blessed to tell a story, whether whatever the platform of the medium. So... For me, it's, it's 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 kind of being able to tell a story, whether it's my script, someone else's, is is is, is, is always an, is, is a great thing for me, you know. And um, yeah, so I, I've really kind of tried to separate one and say I love movies more than I do commercials. I think to be behind the camera in whatever capacity is is, is amazing for me. Can you tell us a bit more about the butterfly effect? Uh, you know, MNC Sachi say that it was the most effectful, successful launch globally for the Heineken company. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that and how you conceived it? Yeah, I think that was, again, a, a real great concept that came together with the collaboration of the agency and, and us as, as, as a production company. What I loved about that project, I think the agency gave me a lot of freedom and we really had fun with it because we knew that we were we were going to really tell a story about kind of at that point in time, we look at nature remix and kind of how do you, how do you, the kind of the idea was that the city is kind of a hustle and bustle. How do we calm people down? How do we make people festive? How do we make people enjoy and save a moment? And, and this moment was when we, we dropped those, um, a couple of thousand butterflies in the, in the middle of, uh, Bramfontein. Wow. Um, and that was, uh, kind of that was a moment where people would just forget for a moment that they were in the city and they would look at a moment where there was just a sense of beauty, which was, even though these butterflies weren't real, we made them in such a way that they, they were kind of a beautiful spe- specter, you know, spectacle to watch, you know. Yeah, because so. I'm based in Brown, because I was going to say, and yeah. I've been, I mean, that's my neighborhood. So yeah. I was saying, I was going to think to myself, I live, work and play there. Like, when did this happen and how did I miss it? <laughs> last year around this time actually it's been a year since we, we, we filmed it and then it got released a couple of months later but the butterflies weren't real they were not real but they we dropped so many that you could have seen them probably as far as the Mandela because uh, I was were, probably yeah, they, were, they, were, they were everywhere uh, I was probably chained to my desk in my torture chamber, a.k.a. the office. <laughs> your, your head was down. You just had to lift it up. You could have seen the... And you got to keep that head down from 9 to 5 every Monday to Friday. Anyway, um, 
And then now The Hangman is the big story right now. Won the best uh, short film and the Semben Osman Award for Excellence in Filmmaking. And you won one in African Storytelling and um, at the Zanzibar International. Well, it's the same one that was at the Zanzibar International Film Festival. Uh, how did you did how did you conceive of the story the hangman did you take it from a book or is it you know did you take it from real life or was it something that you yeah. conceived of from scratch i think you know for that that that's my that's a story that's been with me for a long time so i told the story i wrote the story in 2011 mm-hmm. um, and we made the film in 2016 and we released it in february of this year um the film has gone on to win i think in counting with won 11 awards um internationally and um, we just won, as you mentioned, the, we won the Zanzibar Osmina Sembene Award, as well as the best short film there, as well as the best short film in Durban, as well as Johannesburg. Um, I conceptualized that film based on the fact that I wanted to look at a story that looked at the apartheid narrative, but from a, a different point of view. So, you know, having grown up, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I still think I'm very relatively young, and having not been able to live with an apartheid, I was always fascinated at the human story rather than the arm struggle. And I wanted to look at a family who grew up in that time, but based on growing up at that time, they were victims to the system and that affected the decisions and the choices that they made in their lives. So the film looks at a black prison warder who works protecting white prison warders. And he grew up not having a father around because when he was at the age of six years old, his father disappeared and he didn't know where he was. And his mom told him that he had went away. Up until the day, his father gets shipped into the prison and he's... He's uh, one of the prisoners who gets brought in, and the boy, recognizing his father, but the, the father not recognizing the son, the boy blames him for everything that he's become because he feels that the father wasn't in his life, and he decides to make his life a living hell up until the day of his execution when he finds out what really happened to his father and why he left. So that's the, without putting a story away, that's the, the premise or the, 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 the concept of the film. Sure. Now, you've got one of my favorite people who plays the father, Kulus Kenjan. Now, how did you, how did you get the cast together? Did you, did you call people into audition? How, can you take us through that process? Well, so this is interesting. I mean, I, I wrote some of the roles. So, I wrote her in, I already knew that I wanted to cast her. Um, many years ago, I'd worked as an assistant, and I, I really loved her as, watching her as an actor. And I, I said to myself, one day when I get an opportunity to make my own film, if she's willing, I'd love to cast her. Um, so she was really written for, as well as the lead. Um, the character of the father was very difficult at first to find, or to, to conceptualize who I'd look for, because I knew the character was able to kind of have a balance of being able to play an older character as well as a younger character, because in the film we, we cut to different um, periods of time where he's older and he's much younger. And Ukul really just embodied a sense of fatherly presence that was really great as well as a sense of youthful exuberance at the same time as well. So he was a great, a great uh, find. Um, and I, find, I found him through um, my producer, he introduced me to her. Great. Now, where, where did you shoot the film? Did you, have different, uh, did you have different locations for it or did you shoot it in one place? I shot the film, we shot the film in Cape Town and uh, we shot it in uh, uh, the old fort in Constitutional Hill. Okay, great. Now, uh, talking about just your craft in general, when did the when did you decide that you want to be a filmmaker? And were there were there specific films that really captured your imagination at a very early age, or was this something that you that you that you fell upon or that you decided upon later and later on in life? 
Yeah, it, uh, so it's interesting for me. I grew up, my father never wanted us to watch television or film. He saw that it was a influence negatively. So watching television wasn't a, a thing of watching films. It was something that I only got into very late in my life. Um, I, went in, I only watched the film, I think, at the cinema at the age of maybe 13. Um, and before that, I just kind of seen films uh, catching something, you know, when you when you were someone or somewhere. So film was something that I, I probably thought that was probably the least of my things that I ever thought I would become a filmmaker. Um, but then something happened where I just, I don't know, there was, there was uh, my father had this old 8mm camera that he had and I used to just steal it when he wasn't around and I would shoot stuff just to learn what, what, what this thing was. And it grew a passion and a love for film that I think ended up developing to me wanting to desire much later in my life to become a filmmaker. And uh, yeah, I think it was, it, it's, it's very weird to say because I never, I don't think I ever thought of me becoming one. I think it, if, if it makes sense, I think this, this thing almost kind of chose me or kind of consumed me to the point where I, I couldn't say no. It called you. It's a calling. Yeah. And yeah. do you remember? Do you remember which uh, film was the first film that you watched? Sure. The first film I watched must have been. There was a film I watched with my mother called Play Dirt. Um, and I also watched uh, Back to the Future. Back which to was, the Future. Uh, yeah, Back to the Future, which was, I think, the, the series of films that was made by a good director from the 1980, late, 1980, <coughs> late 1980s. Sorry. And when did you watch these films at the movies or did you watch them somewhere else? No, I watched them at, uh, on the TV. Oh, okay. No, because I remember the first time I went to a cinema. I grew up in Botswana, so mm. that stuff came really late in the day. And uh, I remember the first movie I watched at the cinema was The Little Mermaid. <laughs> and I was oh. awestruck. <laughs> Which shows yeah, you, you know, that that's... Yeah. yeah. Um, so, right now, who would you say are your favorite directors, or the directors that you truly rate, uh, both locally and internationally? And who would you really like to work with? I think locally, um, locally internationally. So my work, the people that I enjoy watching evolve with time, of course, with, with the filmmakers who have watched their career. So the early work of Alejandro Inaridu, who did, uh, did a film, who? Sorry, are you moving around by any chance, Zule? Because you you fade and then you come back and then you fade. No, I'm actually in a quiet space at the moment. Okay, um, start again. Yeah. You, you say you say yeah. which film? So there's a film a film director called Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu. Okay, and he is Spanish and he made films. So I grew up being able to watch. So I used to watch movies kind of like being um, drawn like it's so late movie, late night movies like an SABC3, which are foreign language South American films and Spanish films. And that's where I kind of started to watch um, foreign language films, such as um, Amores Peros, which was a film that he made. Okay. And I was, I was really interested in those films because they were stories about real life. And I realized they, they kind of helped you um, deal with your own life in a way because you saw that there were people out there who, who, were, who were outside of your own life who were, who, were, who were dealing with the similar thing that you were dealing with. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and that that would be so. After that, as I grew up, I, I followed all of his work. Um, but then also locally, I mean, I've, I've, I, I look at the work. I mean, the the, the director John Trengrove just did a movie called The Wound, which I think, yes. which just got, I think it's it, it's uh, just been shortlisted for the Oscars. 
Um, and it sold out when it played at Nouveau in yeah, the West Bank. Yeah. When, I, when, I, when I watched the film after a lot of controversy that it's had around it, it as, as a filmmaker and as a director, I really think he was able to achieve something really um, visually stunning. Um, mm. As well as um, directors such as... Um, I mean, in the local field, I think there's also a lot of great talent coming from a younger, young, younger filmmaker. So, I, it, it might sound interesting that I, 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 I look at the, the younger guys, such as uh, the, work, the people that I work around and people who support me around me, which is um, a documentary filmmaker called uh, Lebhang Masitaba, who I work with, and he, he made a film recently called The People vs. Patriarchy. Yes. Yes. Um, so he, you know, and I work with him closely, and I, and I really think he, he has a a strong point of view as a film, as a documentary filmmaker, and I'm, I'm excited to, to see something from him from a fictional point of view as well. Um, and then, of course, um, there's a director called Oliver Schmitz, who's a, he, 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 I think he grew up abroad, but he was born in South Africa, and he, he made a film called A Life Above All um, with uh, Lerato Velas, and that's actually the film that I watched, and I thought to myself, wow, what a great actress. I really wish to work with her one day, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so then, from an international point of view, who I'd love to work with. I think, whew, um, it's interesting because I really want to just work with, I, I love the local talent that we have as well, but I mean, great actors that I'd like to work with abroad would be the likes of, uh, just as a, as a, to challenge me as a director like DiCaprio. I'd love to, knowing that he's quite a, quite a, an, uh, quite a, a lover of his art and craft, I'd love to work with him as an actor. I think it would really grow me as a director and challenge me as a director. Um, I think working with the best would be would be my 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 thing. Um, yeah, Jessica Chastain, uh, the actress. Um, yeah, yeah. I think those 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 just to name a few. I mean, there's so many. I could I could go on forever. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Especially for something that you love so much, and it's it's your life, really. Uh, we're speaking to director yeah. and filmmaker Zuele Tuchadebe, and he is a South African who is doing great things. Uh, we're discussing film, and uh, you can give us a call. Uh, let us know what what is the one film that really stayed with you, that struck you. Uh, do you remember the first film that you watched, be it at home? or at the movies. I'm always uh, fascinated by, you know, people's movie experiences, especially now that we're moving into, a, into an age where I, I, I tend to, ex- to, to see it that, you know, movies aren't as, as popular maybe as they used to be because people have access to, to stuff online and unfortunately people download as well. Uh, but if you have any questions for Zuele too, or you'd like to share your thoughts about uh, film, whether it be an industry, the industry or whether it's something that you appreciate as an art form, if there are any books that you love that you'd love to see the, the movies from there and uh, any local films that you've seen, any foreign language films that you've seen, uh, give us a call. Uh, 011-883-0702 in Johannesburg and 021-446-0567 in Cape Town. Okay, remember. And we're in conversation with filmmaker and director Zuele Tuchadebe, and uh, he is our South African who is doing great things this hour. And our lines are open. You can give us a call on 011-883-0702. If you're in Johannesburg, in Cape Town, 021-446-0567. If you'd like to speak to Zuele to or uh, talk about your thoughts on filmmaking, uh, films that you have loved that have captured your imagination, your favorite film of 2017, if there has been one. Uh, now, Zuele, to 
I still have this issue that we have so many films that we don't get to see on circuit in South Africa. Um, that, yes. you know, you hear about them doing well uh, at, at you know, sun dances, at different film festivals. I know, for example, when, um, when I used to cover the Durban International Film Festival uh, as an arts journalist, there were so many films that I'd get to see and they wouldn't make yes. it into the public domain. Why is that? Do you, do you have any information that, you know, could, could enlighten the public in that regard? I mean, it's, it's very difficult sometimes to distribute locally from, uh, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's, I mean, sending a film to a, an exhibitor is a, a costly exercise as well as it is a costly, so it, it gets, it gets, it gets very difficult for, for you to make remuneration for yourself to be able to continue the process, if that makes sense. So it's a very, and this is why I feel that sometimes we need to be able to create, and this is my kind of, um, endeavors for us to be able to make cinemas that are within the local spaces so that we're able to tell our stories and we're able to screen them to our own people without having to 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 go to the 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 only exhibitors that exist in our country which are very very hard to work is very, very difficult sometimes to 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 work with you know in terms of uh, the platform uh, being able to showcase it from rather so it's it's i mean it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a tough one it's a it's a process um but i think not something that we should complain about and say we cannot, you know, we, we need to fight the system or we need to we need to do X, Y, and Z. But I think it's something that we can also make a change with by opening up our own cinemas. And I'm I'm, I'm very much pro uh, you know, cinemas being made by 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 filmmakers. I mean, if you look at the I look at French cinema. French cinema began because people made films uh, 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 and exhibited them within their own neighborhood. I think as South Africans, for us to become film savvy or film literate, in, if I could say that. I think those are the things that we need to start and, and there have been those who've, who've, made it, who've made it start already and I think... Yeah, because uh, we have our guys downtown in Joburg. I don't want to give them free advertising, but uh, I yes. suppose that, you know, people could people could develop that. I think that that's a fantastic idea because it's about yeah. being the solution ourselves instead of crying and saying, damn the man all the time. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of I've, I've exhausted myself in terms of talking about issues without, you know, I'd rather let's look at a solution and, 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 and rather work towards that, rather, you know. Um, also, I mean, the, if you know the actor, Tabela Mokwena, he's also got a, a, a mobile cinema that he, 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 he operates with, which brings the cinema to the people, which is, which is a great concept and initiative that he has going on. So it allows people to, to watch movies and, and, you know, like like you're saying, Devon Film Festival, films can get taken into the township uh where people can watch them and people where, where, where there's no access maybe to cinema screens. Mm. But the cinema screen that's, that's transported mobily is just as good quality as, as the clinical screen, you know. Now, as a filmmaker, are you only involved on the creative side or do you get, do you get, um, do you get involved in the business aspect to it? Because it, it does have quite an intricate uh, business element. I think I've learned that you, you, as a filmmaker, you must be, I mean, at the end of the day, you must understand the entire art form. And the art form in itself is the business side of it too. So I, I do understand the, you know, the business side of things. Um, and I think one is, as a filmmaker, one must make themselves aware of it. Um, because it is a, it can be a cutthroat industry and you need to be able to protect yourself. And then going back to your own development, uh, how do, where did you study in order to do this? And uh, do you think that studying is the only way to go, that you have to go to a film school or can people kind of strike out on their own? I wouldn't say studying is the only way to, to go. Everyone has a different learning process. Um, I went through, I went to film school. Um, 
um, and, and, and I went and I fit. It wasn't, it was very difficult even to go through from school because film school is not, not cheap. Um, I, I was I was blessed enough to be able to make films and that won awards and I won best reason. I, that literally got me through school until the end um, because I, I wasn't going to be able to afford to go to school other than that. But it's not the road. Having met a lot of filmmakers who I'm working with today, we are working together and most of them have not gone to film school, but they've gone into the actual film school, which is going on set and learning from people from, from experience. So, I don't believe that film school is the only way. I think um, you can go out and just do what you want to do um, or learn how to do what you want to do and find somebody who's doing what you want to do and assist them and learn from them and build your own ideas of what that is and then you shoot your own movies because today it's a lot easier than it was for us when we first started because there's cell phones, somebody owns a camera somewhere, you can get somebody to edit it, you can get your friends to act, you can direct, you can write. So there's really no excuse now in becoming, in becoming what you want to be. And now, are you able to give us an indication of who are the women that we should keep an eye out on um, in terms of filmmaking and directing? Uh, there's a film, well, there's Kitumeti Kali, who I worked with from film school. She's gone through, um, she's in commercials now. She's done some films that have gone to the International Film Festival and film festivals around the world. There's uh, Zandi Tisane, who I also work with at Egg Films, who's doing, she just did a a documentary by Frank Casino, which just screened on Channel O, I think a day ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, yeah, I think those two for me are, are, are really filmmakers who I've got a close relationship for and with who I can vouch for and say that they are, they are, they are, they are, they are doing some amazing work. All right, excellent. Well, Zuela, to thank you so much uh, for your time and for uh, sharing sharing you know your story with us, and we hope to. Well, I'm pretty certain that we'll see a lot more from you. Thank you so much, Karabo, for, for, for having me. <laughs> You're most welcome. And that is Zuele Tukhadebe. He is a South African who is doing great things. Only 27 years old, and already you know having some accolades under his belt.